Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. back to the Larkcast. Cheers to you, Russ. Cheers, my friend. You got Cheers some cream you. in that coffee, bro? Just a, just a little, man. No sugar. Just a little cream. How much whiskey you got in there? Uh, a couple shots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no whiskey. <laughs> You guys got to understand, Russ is a man's man, you know? True. I don't know about that. He's got a couple shots of green spot in his morning coffee. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, um, that would, that'd be nice. That, that would be and the nice only reason spot. he doesn't so have, the only reason he doesn't have yellow spot is because he does nonprofit work. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I was at the um I went back to the gym here recently and uh you know just try to you know stay in shape man and I got a couple of guys man within the lark world that are passing on some good news right now one in Philadelphia uh shout out to Mike and uh Luke out in, in LA and anyways just kind of back and forth over some questions thoughts ideas things that we're learning and um Anyhow, it was like in this moment, like I was kind of slow texting. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm at the gym and I sent a picture of myself, you know, like quick selfie, like, you know, on the bench press. Just kind of letting them know, like, hey, I'm a little busy, but like you know, selfie I'm, I'm with keep... one one hand and then like the other hand, you're like, you know, putting up. No, it was, you know, I put down the weight. 45 you know, pound plates. And, um, you know, just sitting there and just, you know, took this quick selfie and uh, like, hey, I'm, I'm in the conversation. Just, you know, it might be sporadic. Uh, just for a little bit and um mike says his picture asked me a question he's like dude can you smoke at planet fitness <laughs> i forgot that i had my cigar in my mouth when i took the picture <laughs> and um, like, it's, it's no, not dude, lit i'm just I'm chewing a... on it <laughs> but... russ is a russ is a throwback <laughs> He he doesn't smoke cigars. He chews them like my grandpa that used to. <laughs> oh man! Well, I wish I didn't smoke them. If you're if you're part of my life insurance company, um, I don't I don't smoke them. But uh, but for the rest of the world, <laughs> I, <laughs> if you're part of my Christian life insurance company, I do not smoke cigars. Yeah, I uh, do. My neighbor Mark, but I do the I do like to chew on them. He's a, he's a Methodist pastor in town and he and I share the same birthday, tw exactly 20 years apart. And this dude, like he is out, you know, snow blowing everybody's driveways just so he can, you know, get his daily cigar in. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh man, Mark's so nice. You know, he's out here like, you know, blowing everybody's driveways and and he's just such a nice guy. And I'm like, you got, you do realize that that's just his excuse 
yeah. to, to smoke this 70 by 70, <laughs> you know, a Fuente cigar. Oh, man. And dude, I, I come up to him, I give him a hug. And I'm like, I love you, bro. You know, thank you so much. I know you're just out here, you know, getting your cigar in. Dude, he's got this thing as chewed as it is smoked. Like, it's it's met, it has met in the middle at the wrapper. <laughs> Mark sounds like a dude after my heart. <laughs> oh, he's great. In terms of passers, he's like my favorite. Yeah. Well, that's because he's the only one that you love. <laughs> <laughs> of all the passers, oh, I know he doesn't have a, a punchable face. Oh, dude, that's so funny. And we're just kidding with all of you pastors who are listening right now. We've, we've been in your shoes. We get it. We love you. Glad you're part of the conversation. I'm not co-signing <laughs> on that statement. <laughs> oh, man, man, oh, man. Don't, don't put a we in there. <laughs> what, you, what you be bringing a we in this thing? <laughs> That's a me statement, boy. <laughs> oh man, I needed to laugh. It has yeah. been, boy, it's been a week. Yeah, you've been that. you've been going through it. But just to give everyone context, we're going through the the Book of Galatians. We're kicking off chapter chapter four today. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul's continuing his thought about the law and being redeemed from the law uh here and his overall thought is do we're sons we're sons not slaves and that's where we're going uh today for those of you following along with bibles open which mm-hmm. i'm sure is all of you yeah right you're probably racing to work yeah. coffee in hand you probably just spilled your coffee in your lap you're not calling yeah. out praises, but cuss words. That's the worst, dude. I got, you know, because I don't do like, sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop. And I usually just brew my coffee at home and I, I have it in a mug. And then I get in my truck, you know, it's all snow out here in Northwest Indiana. So it's like a, it's like a treacherous journey just to get inside my truck over snow and all kinds of stuff. And it's like a miracle if I don't spill my coffee yeah, out man. of my mug. So that's usually like my first challenge of the day is just get to the office without spilling my coffee all over my pants. It is a challenge indeed. It is. Down in Florida, it's a little bit more like just trying to drive with the insane drivers around you and trying to do that while you're like dipping your nuggets in your sauce. Your Chick-fil-A sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's been something that I've learned. But yes, we are in Galatians chapter four. And man, we've got we've got some we've got some stuff here to unpack, man. Yeah. That really gets into it. And I I found myself reading this reading this text and thinking about it. And I feel like where Paul's moving everyone to. If you go through like the first, you know seven to like 10 verses you sort of pick up on like some key words that paul's laying down right there's there's a metaphor that he's bringing to the type of freedom that we have and why we have it and he uses the word redeem which is really specific to his audience okay into a 
and understanding that they would have of what that word means. And we'll get into all that. But as you keep moving like through some of these verses, um, you sort of kind of hit this place where, where Paul basically is talking about a freedom that we have right now. And he refers to it as like this redemption, this reconciliation, this salvation, okay, this union we have with God. And he uses the words time, right? The time arrived. Time has arrived. Freedom is at hand. It's the equivalent of like Jesus in Mark chapter one, when he says to an audience that's thinking that the kingdom is is uh one day gonna gonna come and we're gonna build it, right? Yeah. And he shows up in Mark one and he goes, No, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yep, it's, it's here. It's it's right in front of you. Right in front of you. And I feel like this is really important. Um, and there, there's a reason why just to let all of you out there know, there's a reason why I'm sort of starting at the end of Paul's conclusion here, and then we'll back up. It's important to to see this because the present moment, the present moment, this is something that I'm learning, resembles eternity more than any other moment, okay? The present moment resembles eternity more than any other because the present is sort of where the past and the future combine, right? And so in essence, what Paul is saying here is the refusal or the inability to enjoy or to endure by faith what we are experiencing in the present is to not live freely, right? Because freedom is only something that, that can be experienced today. You can't experience freedom yesterday and you can't experience freedom tomorrow. Freedom is only something that you can experience today. So again, the refusal or the inability to enjoy or endure by faith what we are experiencing in the present is to not live freely. And so I've been thinking a lot about that, like, okay, you just give me a second here. The past is a place uh, to learn from, right? So a place where you can glean like wisdom. It's very useful. Um, but when it's like cleaned up or picked over to give you a sense of nostalgia, it's, it's dangerous. The future, okay, can offer uh, a beautiful sense of hope and purpose to our lives. But when it's used to escape into some fantasy that you have in mind, it also robs, uh, it steals. Paul refers to us as like, you know, heirs with Christ, which we're going to get into this along with the time that's arrived. It's like, in other words, like it's at hand right now. And he's kind of gathering these three aspects of time into a free present. All right. He's, he's pulling all of them together. He's, he's like taking the, the, what we've learned and gleaned from the past and what we anticipate in the future. And he's like dovetailing it into a moment of realized freedom right now. So he's basically like shaking his audience and he's saying, you're free right now. This is something to enjoy or to endure, right? To help you endure right now. Mm -hmm. Please grab onto this. And um, I teach a lot about this. I talk a lot about this. I've written about this. And I spent like three hours with my oldest son last Friday. Um just the news that he's got, the change in medication, they're working really hard right now to to eliminate a seizure. 
it's it's very important that he doesn't have a seizure in the next six months. Um, one, because it's going to show that the medication's working, and two, it's going to allow him to be able in the future get his license back and begin to work and right gain that normalcy. And so he's kind of really dealing with it, and they've given a little bit of a status update on the type of seizures that he has, and they're the reason why they're really working hard to prevent them is they're dangerous. They're not a normal seizure. It moves into a different category where you sort of, it was hard to hear this, but the doctor's like, there's a 50-50 mortality rate with it. Hmm. And as a dad, dude, that's like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sitting with him for like three hours and we're just talking life, man. God, <laughs> health, plans for the future, work, you name it. And I said, Blake, something that I've been learning over the years is because he's like really wrestling with all the, the details around this. And I get it. I said, man, I'm with you in this. I get where you're at in it. I struggle with these things too, but we have to remind ourselves past the past is where regret lives. You have no control over it. The future is where anxiety lives. Okay. You have no control over that. The present is where joy lives. And that's all you have. And so I was sharing that with him. And then, dude, like a day later, I start digging into Galatians 4. And Paul's like, well, the past, there can be this nostalgia that you can learn from. And yes, there can also be regret. And the future can have this fantasy to it. But there can also you know, be anxiety with it. But the present is the only place in which you have freedom. It's the only place where you experience freedom. Hence, it's the only place where you can experience joy. And that's not just joy in the fun times. It's it's having joy in the hard times. This is something we need to lean into, man, as you're going through this. And dude, I started reading that. I was like, I think I might have needed to hear this. <laughs> I think I needed to hear what I said to Blake in this moment probably more than he did, man. Yeah. Because if I'm being honest... Every day I sit down and I'm trying to write some stuff to get out. Um, I'm trying to, you know, drop some encouragement, man, on Instagram like we were doing on a regular basis. And I just keep hitting a wall, dude. Mm. I'm like, I, like the, like, it seems I feel joyless. Mm. I feel like the freedom I'm talking about isn't a freedom I'm experiencing. Yeah. And. I think what it's coming down to is sometimes I'm forgetting the very foundation by which I live in. And so my faith sort of moves into what I see instead of my faith being on him who is unseen, mm -hmm. who is present and who has set me free and who offers joy in the present, the present good times and the present hard times. Yeah. He's present. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, no, Thank that's you. really good, man. Because uh, I can. That's way longer way. than what I plan to share. Sorry. No, dude. <laughs> that's. I mean, yeah, I'm sure everyone appreciated the update on, on Blake, and gives us some details to you know keep praying for you know him and and for you guys for sure. And you know, it, it's you know when a when a 
trial is like, you know, um, it, it like when it just happens, you know, we can, we can rally around, but when it gets into that, like prolonged trial, you know, like people yeah. tend to forget and, you know, we move on to other things because people got their own stuff, you know, that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, so it gives us some, some things to keep praying for you about, but in a similar way, you know, I'm not, not going through it like you, but dude, my 2024 is off to a crazy start with my business mm. and it's all good. It's just, you know, we got clients doubling engagements, onboarding new clients, some other clients shifting, you know, their contracts and stuff. And it's just, you know, it's tax season and I'm trying to do all this paperwork <laughs> and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not the best at that. I get, like, I got into this cause I enjoy creative stuff. And then there's the small business stuff on top of it. And it's just a lot, you know, and I kind of feel like I'm, I'm going through it and it's, it's easy to, um, just get, you know, overwhelmed and bogged down in it and stressed and anxious you know, so saying, you know, that, you know, anxiety belongs to the future, enjoy the moment. And it's like, yeah, like Ephesians 2.10, like these are the good works, you know, that he has prepared for us. If you own a business, if you have a job, if you're a, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a brother, if you're a sister, if you're a friend, you know, like if yeah. you're a neighbor, you know, he has these, he has these good works, you know, he's put us in all these situations and all these, all these moments. And I think, you know, a present God who's with us, who's promised his presence, um, who, who made this promise long before the law showed up as, um, you know, as, as Paul gets into again in mm -hmm. chapter four, you know, cause Paul, he can't just say it once. He has to keep, he has to keep saying it and keep driving the point home. Um, you know, he's. He's not the God of, of, of the law. Um, I'm going to say that, uh, I'll mm -hmm. say the law serves a very necessary purpose, but to lead us, you know, to somewhere to yeah. discover the fullness of who he is. Uh, but just to, just to enjoy, to find joy in the, in the process. And I think only, only that promise, only that promise of his presence, man, could really make, make sense of that. Yeah, it has to, man, because, you know, if you think about freedom being something that's also synonymous with joy, which is what Paul, again, is unpacking is the why, the what, the how, you know what I mean? That's what he's getting into, and he keeps, you know, bringing in different metaphors or something that's happened, you know, in history past, right, with, with Abraham, and he just keeps moving and moving and moving them through this process of understanding, like, I know freedom is painted joy is painted as something that is out there if you can just get abc right it's something that we must take and something that we must keep and of course it gets all thrown in like in the politics world right it gets thrown in which completely convolutes what freedom actually is um but here you know paul's like no freedom joy is something that is here it's something you receive it's not something that you take. And the metaphor that he uses early on in chapter four is he refers to us as like heirs, right? Like he uses, you know, a father who has executed a will that declares his children live freely because they are an heir, 
That's what he says. Um, a slave, if you back up into like the first century audience, a slave knows freedom lies out there and must be seized. Yeah. An unemancipated child knows that freedom is coming once I come of age. That's a phrase that Paul uses early in chapter four. Um, but in the gospel, there are no slaves and there are no unemancipated children. Okay. They, they don't exist. That That's what he's showing them. That like you grabbing onto, thinking into, relying on these on these misunderstandings of who you are is what's keeping you from actually enjoying well resubjugating my, my yourself to the, right now yeah resubjugating yourself to the law jumping yeah. back in to being a slave and i think that's the frustrating thing <laughs> he has with these guys is like yo like you tasted of this Just keep going you tasted of this and you jumped back into it and i don't think i i didn't really grab onto probably what the experience was for a child under these guardians and managers until, until I picked up, uh, uh, Luther, you know, last night. And I was just, I was just reading this and he even says, I mean, the heir, like you just mentioned, as long as he's a child is no different than a slave. Yeah. And I'm like, he gets into it and it was like, no dude, this, this wasn't, this isn't like, you know, daycare where we have cameras in every room and the people who are guardians and managers fear parent emails. This was like, you're under the care of these guardians. And it was like the best thing you probably could uh, relate it to is how my mom talks about what it was like growing up in Catholic school in like the (laughs) fifties, getting your knuckles slapped and like coming back from recess and getting sprayed with Lysol. And you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, if they're getting away with that and getting the way with that in the fifties, like this was like military esque sort of like, you know, you had yeah. no say like, do it, do it right. Do it again. All your education, yep. your chores, all of it. And he's referring to the law as like this is yep. this, is this cruel, like just taskmaster. And, um, you know, Luther is just so good when he, when he talks about the law, he's like, you know, all the law does, it just haunts, torments and kills. It's all mm-hmm. it does. And he goes now, of course, like, I'm not saying the law is bad, like, which we've, you know, gotten to, you know, in the past, he goes, it's holy and it should be esteemed. But this, I love this phrase of his, he goes, but in terms of our conscience, it's a devil. Yeah. It's a devil. And so like all that, you know, um, guilt management, you know, uh, you're interested in an endless hall of mirrors when you want to remain a slave under the law, it just haunts, torments and kills. It truly is, you know, the ministry of death. It carries the ministry of condemnation. And I love his phrase here later on where he says that we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. He calls the law, the elementary principles of the world. Why? Because the law, all it has to speak to is just the here and now it speaks to properties and it speaks to relationships and all these things that are very temporal. Don't kill, don't steal, you know, don't covet, you know, the, you know, in our, in the, in the future, none of these things are going to be, relevant he goes man you guys are just so stuck on like just the temporal the things that you see 
yeah, they, like we today, you know, are a part of this human species that does not or nor has ever known what to do with freedom. We don't know what to do with freedom. And so we'll we'll grab on to anything we can, man, to give us a sense of of control, a sense of status. Um, and I, I love how, it, you know, if you back up to chapter three, which we've talked about in the last couple of episodes for any of those out there who are new. In chapter three, he talks about, right, he, he referred to the laws like this guardian, like, right, until the coming of age. Yeah. Elementary principles until the coming of age. It serves a purpose. Yeah, it's going to show you what's good. It's going to show you what's beautiful. It's going to show you God's righteousness. It's going to show you your unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. It has a point. Amen totally. for it. But but Paul's saying, but that point, okay, was to crush, and it's already crushed. You already, well, all, all I did was, all the Lord did was write down what was already on your heart. <laughs> yeah. So it's already delivered you. Yeah. The coming of age in Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand. Is, is right now. Is right now. Why do you keep clinging to this thing that's already served its purpose? Why are you using something? It's like it's like being a, a it's it's like being a doctor, but every every day you go you go and sit in a fifth grade classroom for the rest of your life. Oh, it's like, yeah. hey, dude, you could just go be a doctor and enjoy or being you a go- doctor and helping people. But instead, you go and spend your whole day, Monday through Friday, sitting in a fifth grade elementary class. It would be Why like you, you being this? a doctor, graduating, and then re-enrolling in college again to do like your seven to nine years all over. Well, that's why we're backing up even further to like fifth grade, because he uses the word elementary there in the text. It's like, yes, same thing. It's like, wait, what, 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 guys, what do you, what do you, what, why are you choosing this? And it's just, it's such a, it's such a huge piece, man, to grab onto, which again, it's why, it's why in chapter four, Paul refers to us, he uses the word sons and daughters, right? Um, you know, we are, this is, these are not words that describe us like biologically or economically or uh, historically. They're words to describe us personally, Okay. They're describing us personally as people, people who matter, people who have been redeemed, people who have been brought into union by Jesus's reconciliation of all things, past tense. A reconciliation in Colossians 1 that declares was brought about by his blood shed on a cross. Mm -hmm. Why, how are you missing this? It's, he seems to be saying, and he uses the word like redeem there. And I found this to be like really, 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 quick, really, really you, interesting. Really quick before you go into redeem. I just looked down uh, further at verse nine, but now that you have come to know God. So, he, I mean, he's saying exactly what we just said, but now that you have come to know God or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Like, why are you doing this, dude? Why? So, why? He, calls, so he calls the law why the elementary principles of the world. And then he, then he doubles down and calls it the weak and worthless elementary principles. Yeah. Think about that. Think about how much time, dude, you spent, how much energy you spent 
not just pursuing and trying to perfect, right, this imaginary idea that you have of Tony, but trying to help other people pursue and perfect the imaginary, right, self they're trying to become. And the whole time you were using faith and God's grace as a means to help them continually look to and try to perfect the weak and worthless principles of the world, dude. Yeah. And I think that is the, and I'm saying that about me. I'm just sure you know, to be clear, but when well, you think about that, it's all... like, what the, like, that's a yeah. WTF moment, dude. Like yeah, seriously, we all, have, we all have the same impulses as the Galatians. We're not, you know, any different. We always, we yes. all, you know, run back to being slaves you know, and I think that that's the dangerous, um, that, that is the, the dangerously deceptive part of what these Judaizers are doing is that they were mingling Jesus with the law. Yeah. Yeah, man. And when you, but when you see it, like in that phrase that he uses, you're the doctor who's choosing to sit in a fifth grade classroom every day. You know, you've, as you brought up earlier, like set free for good works to, right, to step into a life to enjoy and even a life to endure, man, in hard times. But as we're citizens in the present, the here and now, in among the people and the things around us. And instead, you, we're, we, you're, we can easily enslave ourselves to an endless life of nasal, navel gazing, right? Trying to, constantly turn to and perfect weak and worthless principles. And it's so funny because it seems like Paul isn't um, being as despairing, disparaging, I should say, about yeah. like the original law given by Moses, but then like, you know, the Decalogue and all these kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, additional laws that have, you know, come into place. Because he says a little bit later on in verse 10, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I've labored over you in vain. And it's like all these like, yeah. it's 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 all this additional stuff on the calendar mm -hmm. beyond like the original 10. And I just can't yeah. help but think of people who are just, you know, beholden and addicted to church calendars. And just like, dude, I got to get there on Sunday. I got to get there on Wednesday. I got to be a part of this. Yeah. Thing. I got to be a part of that thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you're, you're just, you're, you're running into these things and you're doing all these things because you think it's like, you know, the thing that you're supposed to do to prove you're a disciple and the thing that you ought to do because God's asking you to do all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a, pretty known pastor man who put out this slide thing the other day got like a zillion likes from people just like amazing so clear and he went through like the nine reasons you have to be a part of a local church and of course he's using this complete made-up idea right of like what the church is and how it's supposed to function because it's not in the scripture and but he ties everything to like a verse but if you read through like you know each one well you gotta have a verse dude Oh, it's dude. It's, it's really bad, man. But it's, but you just kind of watch like how easy, easy it is to do that. Right. It's like the guy who, you know, uses his Bible to show you three verses. Judas was a disciple of Jesus. Judas went and hung himself. 
Jesus said, go and do likewise. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of yeah. same, like pulling, you know, saying verses right out. But anyways, my point is he ties all of them to self-perfecting law keeping people. And I'm like, bro, the entire book of Galatians is written to exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's all written to this. Do you not understand that that Jesus has already redeemed you and everybody that you're seeking to lead here, that he's already come and set you free as sons and daughters, heirs of a kingdom that is at hand. Invite you to call him Papa. That's a, yep. that's a, Dude, that we the word God is described as a father in the New Testament. He's never referred to as Papa Abba, but by Jesus. And guess what? In Jesus, we now live and dwell. We have been made one with him. He himself has said this mm-hmm. in John 17. This is our reality, man. We get to look to him the same and live in fellowship with Papa in the present to enjoy or to endure good times and hard times. Anything else is a false hope. Let's just go ahead and say that God's not in the business. It seems like I'm trying to perfect humans. And our our time in school is over. Yes. Yes. We know it's already written on our hearts. We know what's good and what's not good. You know, and no, that he's not saying go run into these things, but at the same time, it's like you're spending the rest of your life in fifth grade. This doesn't make any this doesn't make any sense. Well, Luther had a killer point. He said, um, if the only thing that is keeping you, you know, kind of in line, so to speak, like your morality and your holiness is rooted um in the law. Yeah. You're I dominated by the law. You're yep. enslaved to the law. You're a slave. You're a slave. Yeah. Someone that Jesus set free choosing to live as a slave. So let me just say this really quick, because I just feel like this is this can help. A word that Paul uses here, okay, he uses the word redeem. He's redeemed us. Um, it, it you know, you're finding it early in chapter four. It's crucial to understand the, you know, the meaning of like the the weight that that word would carry in a first century audience that we, I don't think quite understand, but I think it's Paul's doing this on purpose because he's really driving something home, right. For, for these people who have been duped and also aimed at the people who've been doing the duping. And this word describes how a first century Greek, Greek slave was set free. Okay. So I'll just say this quickly. A slave would live with an endless feeling of inferiority. That, that's how they live. They, they existed in the world as human doings, not as human beings. All right. And here's how the process would take shape in first century. They would catch the eye of some wealthy, free person. It could have been something that they were doing good. It could have just been the compassion of that person. It, it doesn't, I don't, you know, all the cases can vary. But this slave would catch the eye of a wealthy free person who would set in process a motion to free them. The free person, the free person would go to, you know, to, to the temple, right. You know, for, uh, centered around like Greek, you know, God worship to deposit the money, right. With a priest, the priest 
okay would go and meet with the oracle if you watch like um like the vikings series on tv you kind of get a picture of some of this the priest would deliver an oracle okay about a greek mythical god who made this person a slave but has now chosen to set this person free all right the priest then okay passed the redemption price to the recent owner of the slave all right and then the slave was free they were set free no longer ever again in their life could a price tag be placed upon their head they were free they were no longer subject to endless evaluation they were free to be someone instead of being free to do something and the way it was set up there was no way they could get themselves out of that situation no, someone else from the outside had to do it. So Paul's audience understands that whole process. They live in that world. So when he's declaring what God has done through Christ, that has made us sons and daughters, heirs of the kingdom in the present, here and now, mm -hmm. bro, it's so one good. who has redeemed us, mm -hmm. he's showing the lunacy the absolute delusion that they're choosing to live in. They have grabbed onto a delusion that they're holding up as reality and pursuing it and trying to perfect it. And thus, like, not only are they, not only are they not even embracing reality, which, you know, you can start to throw in like insanity and all this. Um, they're missing out on the very freedom and the very joy that they've been given in the present, which is all you have. Today is all you have. Tomorrow's a myth. Well, and then one thing, one thing to be set free by this person, you know, who goes through this rigmarole of like dropping cash and the whole priest thing, right? Yeah. One thing to do that. Another thing to be adopted into yeah. that family and become an heir of all that person has. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, it's even better. It's even better. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, he moves it to a point of calling him Abba, Father. Like, you you yeah. are an heir now. You have, not only are you in the family, you have all that belongs to the family. Like, and yet, you're choosing to live your life endlessly going to a fifth grade classroom. Rhythms, the and disciplines, and clinging and to your gurus. and Yeah elementary principles yeah to 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 perfect a you that jesus already perfected mm. what to become a part of something that you're already a part of mm -hmm. yeah i think isn't isn't think the lie that. of the judaizers the same lie that satan told in the garden you're missing yeah. out man no. you're missing out there's something that you just don't have yet Oh, dude, I watched that Hillsong documentary, man, and my heart was, like, breaking for these people, like, the stuff that they encountered and, like, had to endure there. But just listening to some of these people just, like, weeping, going, man, all just the signs everywhere, you belong here, and I just, I finally belong somewhere. But then this happened, and this happened, and now it's lost, and now I don't know where I belong anymore. And then the next girl, and then we had this series, like, you know, be a part of something bigger. And I finally was a part of something bigger, but then this happened and this happened and, and now it's all gone. And I'm, 
and I'm just searching and I can't find anything in the world to be a part of. And I'm like, you already belong to the thing. You're already oh, a part of the thing. It's so sad. And I'm like, damn, dude, it's, you get how easily duped the Galatians were. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've done the duping. I get it. Yep. But it's I just duped. why it's so important, man, to keep going back to like, yeah, these stories, what Paul's saying, like this I've been is a duper. not reality. You've been a duper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, dab I've dabbled in the duping. <laughs> it's good. This could turn into a t-shirt before long. <laughs> People like what what is what what are these dabbling in the duping <laughs> t-shirts I'm seeing running around right now? But yeah, man. Stuff, it's it's man. just so good, dude. It's so good. Whoever you are out there, wherever you are, whatever you've done, please know that the kingdom of God is at hand. You are loved. You are already whole. You are already home. You are already free because you have already been made an heir of the king. Mm. He is your father. He is my father. He is present in the good times and the hard times. And the life of faith is the life of awakening to this and leaning into this, to this joy. Come hell or high water there's joy amen dude this rarely ever happens but i have coffee left in my mug to, so to that to that and to the the first 11 verses of galatians 4 cheers cheers